Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, joined with Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. Lot. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at Lady of Tarth hyphen posts. And Tina. Hi, I'm Tina. You can find me at Cutie Pillar on Tumblr. Okay, this is the final episode in our favorite chapter series, and we'll be discussing Theon 1 in A Dance with Dragons. Uh, this was actually on my favorites list. You know, I was thinking, I, actually, when I reread it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why it's my, it was one of my favorites. <laughs> it was yours? Oh, I thought it was mine. <laughs> was it? Maybe it was on both of ours. I thought it was on There my... were a few that were on multiple people, so it might have been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Maybe, okay, well, I thought it, uh, I thought it said that. And then... <laughs> a good company. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. As always, we have spoiler warnings for A Song of Ice and Fire and the show Game of Thrones, as well as warnings for any potential discussions of violence and rape. Um, there's discussions of violence definitely in this one. So. <laughs> but um, as we begin, we find Theon in the back of Winterfell's Great Hall. He's drinking and he's watching Abel the Bard and the Spearwives Rowan and Squirrel enthusiastically eating fried bread. It actually sounds like, he says it's stale, but to me it sounded kind of good. It was in fried in bacon fat or something. I don't know. It sounded- <laughs> <laughs> well, when you make like French toast, isn't your bread supposed to be a little bit stale? Yes. For example? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, so it absorbs good. more liquid. <laughs> I was like, that sounds pretty good. Except his, yeah. I think the beer he was drinking, I guess this is like the breakfast, the beer he was drinking is like really thick and uh, that sounded kind of gross to me, but I don't know. I'm not you a don't like oh, chewy beer? Like do you like that? Like, uh, beer so like it's chewy it's like was so thick it was chewy I, to me that sounds delicious okay that sounded gross to me but yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah i've yeah. never been about the chewy beer maybe it's like a beer i'm about or... the bread definitely sounded good to me you say bacon anything and i'm like yum 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 so we got beer and fried bread pretty good so we have also roos walda Wyman Manderley, Lord Locke, and there's several other lords are hanging around. Uh, Ramsay enters the hall, and Theon can kind of tell right off that he's in a foul mood, so obviously he's trying to avoid his gaze and his attention. Uh, Theon tells Abel the escape plan will not work. Um, he's pretty getting pretty distressed, um, and he tries to warn them of the torture that awaits if Ramsay, Ramsay catches them alive. Um, Abel points out that Stannis can't be far by the sound of the horns. Um, and I'm going to read a little section here. No pain Theon had ever known came close to the agony that Skinner could evoke with a little flensing blade. Abel would learn that lesson soon enough, and for what? Jane, her name is Jane, and her eyes are the wrong color. A mummer playing a part. Lord Bolton knows, and Ramsay, but the rest are blind. Even this bloody bard with its sly smiles. The jape is on you, Abel. You and your mur- murdering whores. You'll die for the wrong girl. He had come this close to telling them the truth when Rowan had delivered him to Abel in the ruins of the burned tower. For the last instant, he had held his tongue. The singer seemed intent on making off with the daughter of Eddard Stark. If he knew that Lord Ramsay's bride was but a steward's whelp, well... 
he, he leaves off there. I thought that, you know, this is kind of, um, I guess this is kind of sort of a repeated thought process that's going on in his mind um, in this chapter. I don't know, I, th- I think it's kind of just a little thing, but I found that sort of touching that he's, you know, that he didn't want to possibly, like, ruin anything for her. You know what I mean? It seems like he wants to help her. He didn't want to ruin things for her. And... Do, yeah, do we know like... for sure? Oh, go ahead, Tina. Oh, I was going to say, I really feel like Dion, like, he really has that, you know, coming back around arc. Mm-hmm. And so G- George has him, like, doing everything possible, like, because he really wants to, because he's been through so much that he's like, if I can do this one thing, even if it doesn't help the people I hurt, It'll make mm-hmm. him feel better. He knows that he's going to hell regardless, but he's going to do it because it's mm. going to make him feel better. Mm. It feels pretty genuine to me. I mean, you know, contrast it with his early chapters where he's, you know, he's kind of got a very, um, you know, I guess maybe some of that's youth, but personality kind of very callous sort of view towards others. You know, it's very maybe selfish. Um, he's not. I mean, he's still the horror business just drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, God, I feel like that's, I mean, I don't know. That feels like a... Plastic Theon. Yeah, <laughs> I think it feels like he, I think it feels like him kind of mimicking Ramsay at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it feels more like his like Ramsay's words coming out of his mouth, like how he would say it. You and know, you can see a little bit of that with the reek. Like, he kind of devolves a couple times, almost to the reek. You know, like kind of yeah, his, which makes sense if you're, you know. And I don't know how much of that is kind of Martin trying to inject that in there. Too. Yeah, I mean that's. Well, I don't know. Was Theon ever that respectful towards women? Like, I don't no, think so, no. no. I, I don't know how much of that we can... Yeah. No, but I just, I feel like those, like, a group of servants calling them, you know, calling them whores, like, you know, Theon would call a whore a whore, but I don't think that he would just call any woman a whore. You know, and I feel like that's a very, you know, you yeah. know it's a very Ramsey thing to do, just to diminish... I'm gonna I just remember the chapter that I mistakenly thought was my favorite um, last time (laughs) um, where he was you know that sort of raper and shower you know wipe that smile off her I mean it's very hard for me I he's such a complex character which I do love I mean but it's very hard for me to be totally sympathetic to him. I mean, I'm sympathetic for everything he's gone through. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think that's why every so often he says something or thinks or thinks something, I should say, and I'm just like, yeah. I think you know? I think that's kind of what stood out about the chapter. The, the sort of appeal for me is because I don't generally like for me like I don't know if I hated reading his chapters, but it wasn't like the Gragers are kind of like. You know, I'm just like sort of mad about them in general, but this was one of the ones that really kind of resonated with me. And I don't know if it's the kind of escape theme and the kind of maybe a little bit of redemption stirred in. And... Yeah, I think it's a great chapter. I mean, I love, I love the the way it kind of goes and it's gripping and that's yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm totally like, oh, he's my, you know, like, oh, Theon's so wonderful. But I think, I think it's kind of interesting yeah. to see that. Well, I think we have all... to see him. You know, we have to see his this incredible fear that he has at the start of the chapter. Like, I mean, he's basically begging Mance for the reassurance that if something goes awry, he'll kill him before Ramsay gets yeah. to him again. I can't even you know, like I, that. Uh, yeah, like that's where he is at 
that's where he is at the start of it. Just is, kind of is wrap, your, wrap your brain around like just everyday life. There's things like you know I get anxiety over little things. And I'm thinking, I don't even know if I could that that level of torture. I don't I don't know that I could even approach what he's. Yeah, it's kind of the whole point, right? <laughs> yeah, of that work that build up is just like to know what he's been going through. He's yeah. obviously still in the middle of it because there's times when he's regressing, but yet he's still going through with these people he doesn't even particularly like because you know yeah. the end game is to save an innocent girl from this well, horrible I mean, situation. But at the same time, we still get these like nuggets of like Theon's not that great like Theon was not that great yeah. and then yeah. we get that little story where you know he talked about the woman the was it the Miller's wife, the Miller's wife? Oh, yeah. that he was yeah. fucking yeah. and he's talking about how great her breasts were but that he like killed her sons it's like oh but you also get this whole you know this, his cooperation is kind of it it's being driven by that incident in the godswood where you know the gods say his name which we know is Brand. you know we know is brand yeah. and so you know whether it's accidental or whether it's to some higher you know to something more important than that like there's this overriding reason um you know story-wide reason to for him to be out of winterfell too like he yeah. and i mean that's like to me the most hopeful thing about theon is that like he has some purpose in the story more than just being, you know, someone who really fucked up and really paid like 10 times over for it. Like there's a reason that he is still alive. And I mean, that's kind of what, you know, I always hope for that, for his character to, to know that reason at some point to know why. Um, what do you going to do if he never does or we never do? <laughs> well, I mean, what, there's like a million things about that in in the books, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's so many things we would just be we're probably never gonna know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think that him being at Winterfell really helped him like break out of the Reek character and become Theon again. Yeah, if they yeah. were all just still, you know, at the Dreadfort, um, I don't think he would have been able to recover as much as he has. Yeah. Well, and he talks. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna get into it, Clotho, but you know, when he talks about how he and Rob practiced fighting up like, up and down the staircases and stuff, and, um, you know, some of this practical knowledge that he learned when, you know, when he was Theon, like, some of that, you feel like a little bit of that confidence back back to him, like, things that he was capable of. Yeah. Um, like his you know, just Yeah, and just, you know, his identity as this sort of stark Greyjoy hybrid, you know, truly neither, but, you know, also... Yeah. Of both, like that starts to come back to him a little bit. Well, he spent his formative year. I mean, granted, he spent his, you know, his, well, okay, his real youth at, um, and Pike, but he came out when he was like, what, 10 or something? Yeah, that's pretty young. Yeah. And he, you know, he's still a young man, but I mean, that's a significant chunk of time when you're young. Mm-hmm. Well, like at least, you know, probably, you know, probably. About half of his life was that yeah. winter was spent, you know, away from Pike. So, it's yeah. a you know, it's a huge part of of where of um who he is. Just think of how much a person changes in like a couple years when they like go away to college or oh yeah something like that. And how, like, so how... he basically just like left 
for well, how long was it? Like almost ten years. That's what yeah. I was trying to figure out. How so? He's about twenty now. I think so because 20, I think yeah. he's a couple years older than Rob. Okay. Okay. And Rob was what sixteen or fifteen when he di- when he died. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think people start to get a little bit more sense in their early twenty, you know, <laughs> than they had well, in their just, teen years. Yeah, I mean, think about you know someone a senior in college versus a freshman in college, even you know, like there's. Boy, if only Thea could have just gone away to college. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> you I, and know? that's what I think of, too. Like, you know, it's kind of like the same thing that happened with Sansa. She's 13. Like, it, it, I don't know. I don't think it often comes up. And I think to some extent, I guess I did that in my mind because it was so disturbing that they were kids. But you kind of got to remember, like, what the hell? Like, teens don't really think things out. So, you know, a good, I mean, part of this, good bit of this mess could well, be because people aren't thinking things out because their brains right. aren't fully formed. Oh, or, you know, I think that's a good <laughs> That's a huge part of this this series is like all of these people who screwed up when they were teenagers yeah, and have yeah. been like stuck ever since in this Jeez, endless pattern of hatred and I, I really think George is working out some issues from high school. Or something. <laughs> well, what is, and I, go, you know, I was wondering about that too about the woman. You know, I wonder if a woman wrote this because so many scenes like this totally fits. It totally fits Theon's past character. Like, don't get me wrong, but. To some extent, I mean, even with any character he writes about, there's always like um, there's a lot of sexualization going on, and maybe people are just like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that that's the first thing that pops into my head if I see, or if I would think about. I, I don't know. I've never killed somebody's kid, so I don't know the first thing I think about is <laughs> sex with them. So, but I, don't, I just, I, I, I'm just trying to think: is this because George is a man, so he's automatically putting men in situations where he, they're going to comment on a sexual aspect of a woman's body? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's clearly working out some stuff. I don't know if anyone saw him on um, Finding Your Roots on PBS. I won't oh, spoil it in case anyone. I did. Asked. It was good. I did. But there are so many things in there that came oh. up, which was it was so ironic. It was great. If you haven't seen it, you should Watch hunt it. it down. Yeah. Wait, what is it called? It's uh, PBS has a genealogy show called Finding Your Roots, mm-hmm. and um, he was one of the guests, and he has a he had a very definite sense. He was really focused on his grandparents and his yeah. father. He had. Clearly, that whole thing... Um, Is it being Irish, right? It was like... Or, Itali- or Italian. Italian. Yeah, Italian. But there was, was Italian. <laughs> there were references he made that I'm like... Like, there's... Um, sorry to derail us here, but... Like, you know how Maya Stone remembers being thrown up in the air by Robert? Do you mm-hmm. remember this? Yeah. George has a memory about being thrown up in the air by his grandfather yes. and being terrified. And there was a bunch of other oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't connect those two without exactly it. I oh didn't gosh. either. <laughs> awesome. There's a couple of them. And it's like, oh, you clearly referenced that. And he had this very yes. definitive idea in his head about who his grandparents were. And then they did the genealogy and the genetic stuff. And it's just so hugely ironic. I mean. Oh, yeah. That was like totally... <laughs> <laughs> so like if you if you have access to pbs hunt it down because it's pretty recent and it was really good and the other episodes oh, are really good too yeah. get yanked, but you can get them on youtube yeah. so he's not a secret targ <laughs> actually um <laughs> he's secret i, I don't really want to well, yeah. i guess spoil everything but like he he had these this idea of who his grandfather was his grandfather had another family and kind of dumped his like abandoned his grandmother and all of that. And then they 
they did testing, like genetic stuff they almost always do on the guests. Mm-hmm. And um, George was convinced his grand, you know, had been told this story about how his grandfather was Italian. And no, no, George is 25% Jewish, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the grandfather secret isn't God. really, I'm spoiling it now, but the grandfather isn't really his grandfather. <laughs> But like biologically. And there was like betrayal with the grandmother cheated on him. So it was like a total, oh, you know, yeah. opposite of what he thought was going on. But there was like, he talked a lot and it was, he wasn't talking specific. I mean, they mentioned, of course, that he'd written Game of Thrones, but he was saying these things and I'm like, and that's in the book and that's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, write what you know, right? Yeah. Well, I think most writers do. I mean, I think yeah. that's fairly standard. <laughs> or what you don't know, but it's in your DNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what, yeah. You know, it'd be interesting if he, you know, he, it'd be interesting if he could have, if he knew, like, some of the truth and how that would have, oh, like, yeah. impacted the story <laughs> he would tell. Because, I mean, you know, I think, you know, you think about, like, widespread immigration into the U.S. Like, mm. I'm sure there are a shit ton of people that were basically abandoning their lives in another country and like disappearing, you know, oh, yeah, like totally living like fake, like yeah. faking their deaths. And, like, I mean, like the grand, the grandfather, basically they, he grew up in Bayonne, New Jersey, George did. And the, which is not that far from New York. And it, George talks about seeing the city and like, Coney, you know, like the ferry and all of that. But he, he basically references the grandfather moved across town. So still in Bayonne. A small area. Yeah, that's so funny. How they family. Could have, yeah. And I guess oh. after somebody died, like one of the the grandfather's, you know, kids from the second marriage tried to reach out and the grandmother shut that right out. I mean, it's just, I'm like, Cersei. You know, except <laughs> yeah. George has this really loving relationship yeah. with his grandmother and he was he was shocked. It was fantastic. I mean, I, I don't wish turmoil on anyone, but I'm just like, there are so many levels of irony here. I just <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have you know added some of added some of that drama to the story, you know, and maybe he will, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. it's coming. <laughs> if it ever yeah. comes, <laughs> grandmothers are going to play more of a significant role in future. Oh, be, but, no, but no grandmothers because they're all they all. That's what I said. We need more grandmothers. We need more grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Olena Tyrell is the only grandmother, <laughs> and she, you know, her almost Targaryen marriage, like that's a little fun backstory. See, that'd be a fun little short story of, um, you know, how all that came to pass. Like <laughs> self-contained characters we'd care about, like that'd be great. Like Egg's kid and Olena, like that's awesome. And you know, as presumably a pretty satisfying but tragic love story between you know Egg's son and his lover, like. I'd be down for this. Oh, and Olena stealing Leo Tyrell from whoever, you know, like this is a good, like a good, solid little mini story. Yeah. Oh, okay. We got a, so we got this big sort of dramatic entrance of um, Hostine, I think I pronounced it right, Hostine, Hostine, Frey, enters the hall with the body of his nine-year-old nephew, Little Walder, um, a dozen knights and men-at-arms are behind him, including Big Walder. Um, and I get the impression that Little Walder is bigger and Big Walder is little. Yep. Um, yeah, <laughs> like big guys <laughs> called tiny. You know? um, he lowers the body to the floor by the dais. 
Um, Royce loudly proclaims that it was foul work. Big Walter tells him that they found him under the ruined keep. Hosting accuses Wyman Manderly of being involved. Wyman confesses he knew nothing of the poor boy. And sort of in the ultimate example, you know, he's going to be salty here, of too soon, he makes this wisecrack, mayhaps this was a blessing. He Had he lived, he would have grown up to be a fray. He was like, like you... <sighs> Why? Dude, just keep your trap shut. God, not the time to make a (laughs) to make a fray crack. Um, So obviously, Hostie becomes furious. He draws his sword. He sort of kicks the table, traps Wyman. He manages to slash through, as George says, three of Wyman's fortunes. Um, It sort of seems like he falls over dead, but then he isn't. They're working on him. Chaos is breaking out. Um, in the hall, six White Harbor men and two Freys end up dead by the time Royce gets it under control. And Ramsey, there's sort of a cruel scene where he finishes off um, one of his injured um, yeah. boys. Lord Boughton unrolls in a parchment at this point. You sort of, sort of this wet crow and sort of, you know, oh, God, just everything's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> and so he's informing them that Stannis's host lies three days' ride from them, and he directs their bloodlust towards fighting them instead of fighting each other. Um, Hosteen vows that after he gets Stannis's head, he's coming back to finish off Wyman. So we'll now, stop there. didn't we <laughs> figure out in one of Ash's chapters that this message that they send, like, because St- Stannis finds out those guys that are fucking him over. And so basically, don't we think that Stannis is, like, trapping them? Like Stannis is con- is controlling the messages that go back to Winterfell, right? I think so. I, I think so. That okay. Well, that sounds accurate. That sounds accurate. <laughs> and then I thought it was interesting that you know Little Walder is Merritt Frey's son, so he's Fat Walder's like full yeah. brother. Oh, so I mean he's Roose's brother-in-law. brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh. Although nobody mentioned. Yeah, no mention. <laughs> yeah, no. like Big Walder's the you know Big Walder's seemingly the cooler one, and Little Walder is the asshole. As much as a nine-year-old can be an asshole, which I mean, you know, in this oh, universe, I, I I know some nine-year-old. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's like he was going to get some silver and playing. Was he playing dice or crap? I don't know whether they're craps or something. I'm like he's not. <laughs> well, it was interesting that like I think it one was was it Holly or Rowan like that tell you know kind of signals to Theon that they didn't have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh. sort of a coming up point of contention between those two. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, but then so it moves on to Royce um, orders Abel to sing for everyone. Um, at that point. Rowan is pretty much like this is we have to act. This is our you know this is our chance. She insists the, um, that they do this bath escape plan that it must happen now um, because they have to reach King Stannis before the others do. Uh, they pass the Godwoods on their way to get hot water from the kitchen. Rowan denies they had that was the part you're talking about. Denies they had any yeah. part in murdering the boy. Um, you know she gets pretty angry. So I mean it, it seems legit um, when he questions that and and in turn she calls him Kinslayer. You know, he's sort of, in his mind, is sort of mulling over, and that's what he was thinking about the miller's wife and the boys that he did kill. Um, you know, he ultimately decides it isn't worth telling her. She's not going to believe him anyway that he didn't kill Bran and Rickon. Um, Squirrel returns with the four others. We now, you know, we have Myrtle, Willow Witch-Eye, Frenya, and Holly. 
Um, so we have six um, spear wives all together. Um, they were clad like serving girls and carried only knives. And he sort of, you know, we have him thinking like, this is never going to work. All they have is knives. You know, there's just, they, they were too exposed. Um, we find out that the plan is to enter the room with all the six women. And at that point, Squirrel will switch place with Jane. They'll dress Jane up like Squirrel. And then the idea is that Squirrel will escape by climbing down the wall. We sort of get a little bit of a backstory that she's, you know, climbed the wall several times um, over and back, she says. And, uh... Uh, at first, so we, you know, we kind of get them progressing through, through their, their passing, you know, so, you know, they get through points and they're like, oh, he's sort of relieved that it went so easy and they get up to the chamber. And at first Jane is sort of huddled. They can't find her. She's huddled under some, you know, I think it's like warm furs. Um, she's super frightened. She's super suspicious. Uh, she thinks it's a trick. Um, I got this little part here, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Get her up, turn cloak. Holly had her knife in hand. Get her up or I will. We have to go. Get the little cunt up on her feet and shake some courage into her. And if she screams, said Rowan, we are all dead, Theon thought. I told them this was folly, but none of them would listen. Abel had doomed them. All the singers were half mad. In songs, the heroes always saved the maiden from the monster's castle. But life was not a song. No more than Jane was Arya Stark. Her eyes are the wrong color. And there are no heroes here. Only whores. Even so, he knelt beside her, pulled down the furs, touched her cheek. He said, you know me, I'm Theon, you remember. I know you too, I know your name. I, know, I thought that was pretty, you know, it was pretty uh, empathetic. Pretty, uh, he did a good job there. Well, yeah, and I think, it, you know, there is a hero there. I mean, yeah, they're all yeah. heroes, but yeah. I mean, you know, for all Theon has done and will do, like, I mean, he's a hero. I mean, this is pretty amazing. If you think about it, like, these women, like, I'm pretty damn impressed. I mean, yeah, the, they're the, amazing. The, they, like, free <laughs> they see this shit. I mean, they know. I mean, he's telling them. They know what's up. They know how bad Ramsey well, is. This is a horrible, you right. know, and, scary I mean, shit. as there's all those note, notes, you know, kind of from their, you know, their reactions to Jane, like seeing her back and yeah. hearing some of the things that she's saying. And they're like visibly, you know, they're visibly horrified by it. And they sort um, of like, you know, I think they're kind of getting, you know, I think they're kind of harsh, but I think they're trying, they have these nerves of steel that they can't let yeah. that down. They can't let their guard down and they need to. Yeah. So well, it's fine. funny, like Theon is worried because they're not flirting in the kitchen, you know, and they're like, they'll know they're not real serving women. Because was, the, real, yeah. you know, the real serving women are like, you know, there's some banter with the boys and stuff and they're yeah, not like standing there. Women. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was a like, good pickup. That was a good part. Yeah. <laughs> And that kind of makes me well, nervous. There's this tension in the chapter. Like, I was making, you know, a, a sort of the feeling, like, they're going to get caught any minute. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, constantly, just, like, every corner, yeah. every step down, they're going to run into somebody. Yeah, he did a great then job you get the to, suspense. I mean, you get all the suspense, but then you get to Jane, and it's just, oh. you know, oh my God, that like, under the furs in a dark corner, and, you know, just like, oh. And, you know, worried that, you know, begging worried that Ramsey's going to cut her feet off so she can't run away. Oh, and it's like, God. I mean, does that seem like out of the realm of possibility of something he would do? You know, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he would totally. And just, you know, the trauma and the just everything that she's been through. It's like, you know, like a suspense, suspense. And that is, you know, there's a fun, it's fun to read. And then you just get to this and it's like, oh, it's just, ugh. 
I mean, and if it oh. happens to anyone, I mean, if it would have been Aria, it would have been horrific. It's just, it just feels so extra, like, she's totally, you know what I mean? It's just, what are the chances that she get this child gets sucked up in this horrible... Well, and, you know, like, oh, I, you know, they trained me like that. Oh, my God, too. my heart bled at that. I was like, oh, God. Like, it wasn't Peter enough. Baelish. Right, it wasn't enough. Fucking an, an, Peter Baelish. Horrible. And it wasn't <laughs> enough for Ramsey to just, you know, have... Yeah, because why couldn't he have... Tra- I mean, I know it's because he's a horrible, you know, horrible, evil person, Psychopath. but, you know, why couldn't he have treated Jane decently? Yeah, you know, you think if you have all this other opportunity to be, like, so foul, be sadistic, that you could, you know, that there, there's no one that you could give a break to, you know, that could sort of say... Or just, you know, politically, yeah, would, would behoove him to... Unless, you know, knowing that she wasn't Arya, which I actually didn't really... Like, that kind of surprised me when Theon mentioned that, because I actually didn't know that Roos and Ramsay knew that she wasn't Arya. I forgot if I, so, yeah. So, I suppose, like, knowing what? that, they wanted to make sure that she was so traumatized that, yeah, like... <sighs> One of the things, like, I mean, this has always bothered me a bit. Um, when the whole Tywin, when the show did the Tywin thing and Arya... And there were all these people going, well, you know, Tywin should know who Arya is. And I'm like, in the books, Roos is the one who's got Arya working for him. Right? Uh And I'm thinking of the two of them, the one who should probably know, you know, which one is Arya Stark is probably not Tywin. It's probably yeah, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, it's yeah right. He's mentioned yeah. Liana. He knows what she looks like. He knows what the coloring of those kids looks like. I mean, he's been around. I mean, Theon remembers like being like in the hall with Bruce. So I'm pretty sure Bruce could look at, you know, fake Arya or look at Jane and yeah. go, yeah, doesn't matter. But he should know who she is. So well, and you know, I can see. I thought he did. Yeah, I mean, Theon says that he knows it's not Arya. Well, in the show, did they? Did oh, they, well, I mean, the show, Roos never. Roos no, in the well, show. Well, no, but I mean, it's just one of those books, things yeah. where I just assumed that because you know that he did know what was going on with this girl that this it did it, it doesn't matter. I mean, for his oh, purposes, okay. it doesn't matter who Jane is or not, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just needs somebody to have a, you know, a legit claim on Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. and you think he would have shook some sense into his son to, like, maybe not, you know, torment her so badly because I know, but it I mean, is going to even... raise the ire of people still loyal oh, to Winterfell. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody's not even willing to, you know, discipline Ramsay or prevent him from killing, you know, Walda and her kid. I, like he's resigned, you know. He's like, what? What? Them the breaks? Haha! You know. Yeah, that's I what I don't understand. Insane, so oh, that's God. part of it, but yeah, that doesn't. That, I've never understood that. I kind of feel like you'd want to be if he thought he was going to get another legitimate heir, that he'd want to be extra protective of them. And I never really understood that kind of. Although maybe he's just like you know what they sent because they said isn't that they sent the Miller's wife sent Ramsey to Roost to raise him because she couldn't control him and clearly you know he's spent some years with his bastard son there and if he can't control him i don't know who can so yeah, and maybe part of it was he thought that everybody was afraid of him that he would never i don't know you know well i think he never planned on having yeah. to rely on him ever <laughs> i mean and then that happened so oh, gosh 
The whole thing is so risky. Like, that whole plan is like, I mean, I, Arya Stark, they don't know for sure that she died, but then I guess they figure, oh, she's a kid, well, we could just deny her. I think they're yeah. assuming that the real Arya is dead and yeah. lost. And the number of people who can now correctly actually identify Arya, that, that number's dwindling. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, those kids, that's, that's the problem. I mean, you reach an age, who's left? Yeah, and then, yeah, they they Bran and Rickon are gone, yeah. yeah. Right, but we know, like, you know, Interestingly enough, someone who is positively identified Jane as not Arya is Jamie, for example. So right. there's mm-hmm. some like interesting characters who, <laughs> um, you know, know damn well that yeah. she's not Arya. I don't know if I mean I don't know if that'll even come into play at this point. Like I think the point the you know the fact that she's not Arya like is it even important in the actual story? Given that you know we have Davos going after Rick and we have you know, Jon Snow, we have, you know, Rob's Will, we have, you know, Sansa, like, it really doesn't matter that, you know, Jane's not Arya, maybe that, you know, that's like a great, you know, that's a good thing if people can, like, care about helping her. Yeah. Just because, like, my God, someone help this poor woman, rather than, um, you know, because of her claim that she has. Like, I I just don't know how much she's going to be involved in the rest of the story at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's one character. I, I guess there's a lot, but I, I think after this, she sort of deserves at least a peaceful ending. You know, yeah. goes goes off into the sunset and doesn't die or become a white or anything creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like she should go to, like, uh, where the reeds are. Like, that seems like, you know, like a nice place. Like, they'd be nice to her. Yeah. yeah. Some nice, kind people. Yeah. What story are you guys reading? I know. I'm just making fantasies in my head. Poor Jane. So so Jane changes into Squirrel's clothes and they make it back out. Um, They actually make it past, um, and sort of the way in, um, he'd commented on this too, but they make it past two of the bastard boys that are guarding Ramsay's bedchamber. Their names are Grunt and Sour Allen. (laughs) Theon feels a stab of pity when he thinks about what Ramsay will do to his guards after they escape. When they reach a crossroads in the snow trenches outside, Rowan, Willow, and Myrtle decide to go back for Abel. They send Frenya and Holly with Theon. Theon is distressed and believes their chances have dwindled even more now that the other women have left them. They reach the battlement's gate, where Holly and Frenya swiftly kill the guards. Jane, you know, understandably, she's pretty freaked out already. She screams at the sight of this and... You know, you get this really sort of sense from, you know, all is lost. Theon's like, okay, this is, we're, we're done for. Um, Frenya stops on the drawbridge to fight and slow them down. I mean, you know, talk about heroic. I mean, the stuff they do here is just, there's no, you know, at this point, there's no thought to themselves. They're like, we're going to get this done no matter what the cost. And she's sacrificing herself. When they reach the battlements, um, Holly is horrified when she realizes they left the rope with Frenya. Um, at that sort of instantaneously, right after that, she's hit by two arrows, and it, you know, it was pretty. Um, uh, it's kind of got me. And uh, and I'm gonna read this next part right here. Um, so right after she's hit with the arrows, the shouts rang out from their left. Jane Poole was staring down at Holly as the snowy blanket over her turned from white to red. On the inner wall, the crossbowmen would be reloading. Theon knew. He started right, but there were men coming from that direction too, racing toward them with swords in hand. Far off to the north, he heard a war horn sound. Stannis, he thought wildly. Stannis is our only hope, if we can reach him. The wind was howling, 
and he and the girl were trapped. The crossbow snapped, a bolt passed within a foot of him, shattering the crust of frozen snow that had plugged the closest crenel. Of Abel, Rowan, Squirrel, and the others there was no sign. He and the girl were alone. If they take us alive, they will deliver us to Ramsay. Theon grabbed Jane about the waist and jumped. This really was one of the most suspenseful chapters Mm. for me because i feel like it all the time you're always like oh they might die they might die but like Mm. here it's they might not die they may be tortured to death and i may have to read it yes (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) this is a good way of putting it it's kind of interesting the way it was done in the show it was almost done like as a like as a suicide and you know it wasn't but the way they played it kind of felt like that and you know from some of theon's earlier thoughts you know, that would almost have made sense. But, um, you know, here when we reading his thoughts, it's like, it's definitely not like he's not doing it to get away. You know, he's not doing it to avoid what Ramsey might do to him. Like he actually, he thinks they have a chance. Oh you know? yeah. Cause mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's part of like how, it's an escape. Yeah. And when Holly falls, there's a couple of clues in the story when they mentioned that something else fell, there was like a piece of snow or something fell. And then when she fell, you know, there's sort of, he mentions she's cushioned by the, you know, you get your answer right there. Mm-hmm. That she, you know, the snow was high enough that it sort of broke her fault. You know, if she had been alive. Yeah. But um, just that what they did, and and so I was trying to look up a little bit because it's been a little while. So they, unfor- all the women were killed, correct? Is that how? Because I mean, it sounds like it from that they he skinned them. Well, that's what he. That's what the pink. Uh, that's that's what, what he claims. We don't know. We don't. Okay. Chicky okay. seemed to think that that's the case. I don't um, know. That's horrible. Oh God. I I refuse to believe it till it happens. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yep, not as soon as the, when we get the book, I'll deal with it. Right now, they're living. I mean, if you if you subscribe to the theory that you know Mance and the women found, you know, either it's true and Ramsey, you know, Ramsey knows about them, and you know has dealt with them accordingly, or it's not true and it's the letters written by someone that would have that would know that these women and Mance for that matter yeah. were were there and have some knowledge you know have some knowledge of of them and that kind of narrows it down to like one person I think oh yeah and if we is, didn't specifically say Mance is Abel as Mance I've been calling him Abel and this yeah is Mance so but I mean yeah. you know <laughs> either either it's Ramsey and he knows everything or it's Barbie Dustin because mm. I mean, I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming that she's totally in cahoots with them. With. Like she's the one that she's oh, the one the... that brings them to Theon, and I mean, she, you know, she's the one who's facilitated. Oh, they had to have help. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole relationship with Theon, and you know, I think like that letter describes the snowmen of, I mean, essentially they've created, right, snowmen of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the houses yeah. and the people that we think would be That's in the chapter the I thought was my favorite, oh, one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, they they have the the snowmen of Barbary, the guy who's lost his limb, Wyman, and I can't think of the other yeah. dude. So, I mean, okay. she would know, she would absolutely know who, you know, who these people were, whether they were alive or you know, alive or dead, like she would at least know of the plot as well. I mean, otherwise, is there any particular, I mean, was Abel, you know, was Mance particularly connected to these women? Like, why would, 
you know, why would Ramsey even suspect them if all, you know, if this was all happening while Abel is, you know, playing songs? Like, you know, it doesn't seem obvious that he would necessarily be connected, except, you know, the letter letter tells us, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess once they... Once they realize, you know, they find the, the I guess once they attack, was it Frenya and then Unless, Holly? Did they all then, show up yeah. together? Because that would also seem a little suspicious, you know, like, I'm really? Like, they all showed up as a gang together? Like, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's true. You think they would try to not hang out together? Unless yeah. they were so, because well, they, they seem confident, they're... we're going to leave. We're going to go in and we're going to get her, we're going to all leave together, you know. I mean, although, like, again, I, the last the last time we talked about this, um, I don't know. I questioned, I was like, why are they called the washerwomen? And then someone said, yeah. comma, you know, they're his whores. And I'm like, oh, okay. Although he's got, that's quite a large retinue for an itinerant singer to have, you know, because there's what, like six, six of them. Yeah, yeah. When I said, I mean, there's some, some people are connecting the song six maids in a pool. There's all kinds of like, I was Googling. So there's all do kinds of singers and... normally come with like groupies? Like, I, mean, I question that. I really did. Yes. But I mean, it's more likely to me than that. He has like, you know, a staff of washerwomen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, so like part of the perks of, of having a singer is like getting like some women to, fool around with various castle men for as long as the singer's there i mean i guess it kind of makes sense like you'd get like a you know dog that can do some fun tricks and like a juggler and you know like i guess like a whole little you know like when the carnival comes to town so basically they're carnies and then sort of something about somebody named Bale, which is like you know the Abel mixed up as yeah. Bale, and then that whole thing and like the the songs and all that. There's just a whole rigmarole around all this, and I mean I'm sure George you know crafted kind of this interesting intertwining thing. But so we just don't at this point we just don't know. We we know that this letter was yeah. written, and we don't know the who's alive and who's. I mean the assumption. Yeah, I think it's it's all very open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. A cliffhanger, like the ultimate cliffhanger. It's so funny though, yeah. because you know Theon has another chapter in the book, right? Isn't it? Is or no, Theon doesn't. Uh, Ash, somebody he, who he see- shows up in Ash's okay. chapter. Okay, so we do yeah. know that. Yeah, so we at least get yeah. that kind of resolution. That you know. Yeah, we get. I think it. You know, Pretty dance sorry. ends with Theon revealing himself to Asha, and then we have Asha's wins chapter, um, or Theon's wins chapter. Excuse me, where. Um, you know, they're urging him to take him to the tree to kill him, basically. Oh, man. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all have of you, them. <laughs> have you guys read the Theon sample chapter in From Winds? It's been a while. It's been a long while. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. it's really good. Like, it's okay. definitely worth... Um, yeah, it's... I should have read it for this. <laughs> 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 that would have been good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Was it long? I mean, are these the sample, or no. they just a piece of a little piece of a chapter? It's the whole chapter. Oh, okay, but it's yeah, it's a lot of you know, it's basically Asha, um, Asha, Theon, and Stannis. Okay. So it's a good, um, you know, it's a pre-battle. It's a really good chapter. It, it's you know, if you're a Stannis fan, it's kind of one of Stannis's like money money paragraphs, basically. Oh, cool. So. So I should read it then. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, you haven't on. read it. I, well, it's so, been a while. Like oh, I okay. read like some of these things, but it was like it was like the kind of deal where I was not paying much. I was doing 
things at work or whatever. I really probably wasn't paying much attention. And it's been yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a while, while, because how long have we been, been promised this book? Oh my gosh, like... <laughs> been like five years or something. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I can barely remember where I put the car keys and... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just pulled it up because I was going to read read kind of the money. Okay, the yeah, money yeah. Lines good, from good. It quick. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> they will come for you, but separately. Lord Ramsay will not be far behind them. He wants his bride back. He wants his reek. Theon's laugh was half a titter, half a whimper. Lord Ramsay is the one your grace should fear. Stannis bristled at that. I defeated your uncle Victorian and his iron fleet off Fair Isle. The first time your father crowned himself. I held Storm's End against the power of the Reach for a year and took Dragonstone from the Targaryens. I smashed Mance Raider at the wall, though he had twenty times my number. Tell me, Turncloak, what battles have the, has the bastard of Bolton ever won that I should fear him? Hmm. Oh, damn. That is, that's, that's good, Stan. <laughs> that is. You, <laughs> you must not call him that. A wave of pain washed over Theon Greyjoy. He closed his eyes and grimaced. When he opened them again, he said, you do not know him no more than he knows me. <laughs> that, so, yeah, uh, it's like it's kind of like the Stannis money chapter. <laughs> oh, man. So I, but that's a pretty big hint that you know, right there that, that it doesn't end well for Stannis because he's bragging about all these things. You know what I mean? It's like he has a right to brag, but then it's like, oh, if you're bragging that much, I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm this trick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good though. That's good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of um you know, that's the thing, like, you know, we don't have wins, but other than I find like all of the Battle of Fire stuff to be extremely boring. But other than that, like the sample chapters are quite delightful. Like, I mean I guess I wouldn't call the Euron chapter delightful, but it's you know, <laughs> I gonna say, it's I mean, really it's like pretty wild, and the Ariane <laughs> chapters are are quite delightful. It's just unfortunate that there's two chapters and she doesn't go anywhere or do anything really. Like they sort of they she's sort of sort of um, taking too long to get anything done. But I mean, the chapters are really good, and obviously Sansa and Arya's chapters so. I know I read Arya's. I know I read Sansa's. I think I tried to read the Ariane stuff and went, life is too short for this, and moved on. Oh, see, one of the last Arian one that was released, and I cannot remember her name, but it introduces another one of of, um, George's kind of patented sassy older women. Oh. All right. Between between her and Elia Sand, like, Arian's chapters are a little bit more fun because she's like exasperated by various other people (laughs) (laughs) no okay uh, so uh i guess if we wrap up that uh do we have any mail so we don't have any mail but i was gonna read a review that we got from um there's a thrillist writer um who published an article last week called the 15 best game of thrones podcast to get you ready for the final Yay, season top and it 15. was uh, posted <laughs> by a writer there called Lindsay romaine and um we're on the list so Yay. i thought i would would read um our little review um we can debate its accuracy so mm-hmm. close the door and come here the pitch 
a weekly podcast about the series with a heavy focus on Jamie Lannister and Bran of Tarth. Check. Why you should listen. The hosts are big into Tumblr. I mean... Eh, we used to be. We used to be. We did. We we used to be. It's been a little bit. Moved on, but okay. (laughs) Um, Which offers an even more immersive experience for listeners who can follow their page to ask questions, share artwork, and even play a specialized game of bingo specific (laughs) to the podcast. That was fun. for every time the hosts complain about things like bad wigs and Amelia Clark's acting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shit, that got in there. (laughs) The shippy focus sets it apart from the more comprehensive Thrones pods and the online fan... Stop right there. Yeah, I didn't like that line either. Like, I feel like we're, like, like extremely comprehensive. Extremely comprehensive. Just because we have shippy goodness doesn't mean we're not comprehensive. Stop trying to belittle us like that. But go go ahead, continue. (laughs) A little bit too. Um, And the online fandom bent makes room for a special form of inclusiveness not really present in the more formal branded shows. Um, The hosts dissect recent episodes, but also dig into other aspects of the show and books between seasons be sure to stick around for their infamous drunk cast and i like that they put it in quotes <laughs> like nope no they're we're really drunk i could try to fake it but no no oh i i will vouch for the fact that we um you're legit drunk during those legit drunk during the drunk cast <laughs> the morning after uh <laughs> Would prove it. Yeah, it's we not. Pride pretty. ourselves on our dedication. Yeah, that and the blackouts where you're like, "What did we talk about?" <laughs> That's half the fun is listening to them again and not like. I, have I, 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 I love that they. I love that we made it. In. I mean, clearly this person. I mean, it's obviously those are sort of some of that stuff is earlier episodes. This person listened. Um, I think the person who wrote it. Their name is Lindsay Romaine. Yeah. Um, and and it's you know it's not numbered, but we're only four down. So when you scroll down, we're right. We're pretty close to the top there. So I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. You don't have to like really scroll. And I appreciated it too, because a lot of times you see these lists and it'll be like, oh, the podcast from Entertainment Weekly and Joanna Robinson. And it's like, you know what? Like these are huge. You know, these are podcasts that have, you know, the power of a magazine or the power of, um, you know, an entire network behind them. And, you know, that's great. And not, you know, I'm sure they're very you know, they're very good, but it's a different level than, you know, a purely fan-made podcast. And it's sort of like, you know, can't we have, you know, if you're, we need, we need to have recognition of, of both, like the ones that are, you know, have that media network behind them. And then the ones that are really Uh, Uh self-made. I like that she she mixed it up and like, yeah, we're before EWs. Right. Well, and it's wow. like, you know what, how, you know, I'm sorry, but how objective do you think that an EW Game of yeah. Thrones podcast yeah. can be? Yeah. You know, like, I don't think they can, you know, I don't think they can and, be And I think like when frankly. they do lists like this, probably part of it is like they have to, maybe, they, you know, they have to touch on the, the sort of more branded ones. And, and they're yeah. probably, you know, they're probably good. There's, you know. They're probably good. No, it's just... <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with a professional podcast. Right. I mean, I listen to a bunch of them, but you're right in that their objectivity is going to be different. And, you know, they're going to have different goals and they have other things going on. They're not fans necessarily. So they watch three episodes and then come up. Well, okay, now I'm dissing them. But you know what I mean? Like, well, and listen- I think they have potential for, you know, first 
for, you know, high profile guests in some cases. And, you know, obviously with EW, they, you know, they have information. They know what's going to happen. Whereas they get screeners and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have, (laughs) we have information about what's going to happen too. But, you know, Jinmo's worked really hard for that. (laughs) 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 The rest of us just benefit from it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was a good job. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just it's a different, you know, it's a different class. And it's nice to see, you know, our podcast and then, you know, others on the list that aren't that aren't branded like that. Yeah, so that and, was cool. and again, like, they genuinely seem like they listened to some episode, you know, a, a good amount of episodes, so that's pretty cool. It'd be you interesting know? <laughs> at some point we should think about, um, you know, what episodes we're most proud of as a podcast. Um, that would be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I really I drunk cast, I'll tell you that show. right now. <laughs> yeah, there's sort of my, I have a special place in my heart for those. Yeah. Which one does? Drunk casts. No. Yeah. No. Heard, and I thought like the song, the feminism ep- episode is great. I love like, that. Oh, yeah, that was good. Great. You guys hit, yeah, hit that out of the park. That was good. Listening nope. back to that, it's a really, you know, it's a solid. I think our fan and our Jamie and Brienne fan and versus canon episode was like was really, really, great. I really like the fanfic Angry. one a lot. Oh yeah, That's the fanfic fun. one was fun. Yeah. Forgot about that one. I was gonna say I still really love the D and D episodes. Oh, those were oh, good. those are my favorite. I had I so much fun. So hard doing those. I had so much fun once. I oh, still my God. remember the fun. one where you was it you and Ian killing the guy who naked? dared to cross like, a boat naked. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think they were naked or something. No, but it was all. just something like <laughs> I think we totally freaked out. Poor Watkins, our DM, who was like. What the hell? I, mean, I don't think he was prepared for us. The blood us. Lo- yeah, there's a lot of blood lust. We're like, <laughs> blood and lust. Oh. <laughs> that was, yeah, those were good. Those were good. Yeah, so, it, you know, I think it's sort of nostalgia for some of the earlier episodes. And then, oh my gosh, there's just what so much. was it the... That sandwiches had her. I think it was like oh, the second or the third episode. The fog of contravents. Oh my god! That was episode three. I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that should be a band name, man. I mean, that was. Just... <laughs> yes, she's awesome. That was so cool. She's oh, there was Twitter. that episode really at the cool. beginning about <laughs> Robert and Ned instead of <laughs> and Jamie. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, the oh, Ned Bird Yeah, oh, crossing swords. <gasps> Oh my god, yeah, Nedbert and Quisel. I for, almost forgot about Quiburn and Pycelle ship. Yeah, see, we are kind of shippy. Like, we ship a lot of things. <laughs> the weirder, the better. <laughs> Cracky, shippy. <Yeah. laughs> but also, uh, it was worth comprehensive. <laughs> comprehensive. Also, comprehensive. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know. People really liked the Cersei episodes and the cat oh, yeah, episodes yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, it's it's been, you know, a lot more than Jamie and Brienne. And actually, I mean, in the last couple of years, like, very little Jamie and Brienne. Like, we're dying to talk about Jamie and Brienne. There's just literally, you know, we, we no new content. Yeah, because it would be the same thing. Get about we, yeah. them and it's a real stretch. Yeah. 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 yeah it's hard. Soon. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. With season eight, we'll get some stuff to talk about. Yep. Yeah, someday in May. <laughs> <laughs> or no, April. Yeah. April yep. and May. Woohoo. <laughs> so we should do those bingo cards again, huh? Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> right, let's get on that. 
Those the bingo cards were were they specifically for the show, right? Or were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it was if you see this, ha- oh, every this happens. Oh and god. I can't- yeah, I'll, somebody I'll, was supposed to get who won. Somebody, I know somebody won last year. Oh god, oh. I'm gonna blank on her name, but oh, we, oh, 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 gosh, she's supposed to get an episode out of us. She settled for something else, I believe. I, I feel so she, bad. Yeah, I think did. she got what she asked for. I remember. Yeah. Right, I think she did. I think she. Luckily, she wanted something we had already planned on doing. Now we'll, we'll have to look. I'm so, I feel so bad because I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Fog bank of convenience. Yeah, the fo- the fog of yeah, it's 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 appeared and we can't remember. Oh god, totally professional podcast. <laughs> all Only all, EW would get behind us. I d- all in all, I take it. So I think that's a good review. I take that as a good review. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Um, okay, so you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com, on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Google Music, wherever you listen. And please support us on Patreon at close the door. Um, thanks everyone. This was a fun. I had a good time with this. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like from such a horrible. <laughs> I know. It was it was so fun and lighthearted, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a little sarcastic. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Goodbye everyone. I'm closing the door. Get out.